0: Welcome to the Manufacturing and Supply Chain CEO Podcast. I'm Martin Harsberger, President of Measurable Results LLC and martinharsberger.com. I'm a retired CEO of both a manufacturing company and a third-party logistics company. We were lucky enough to grow both to eight-figure organizations. I've been consulting with small and mid-tier companies for the past 16 years. Our mission with this podcast is to provide a forum to help CEOs in these critical industries share their stories, share best practices, and learn from each other. If you'd like to be a guest on our podcast, go to www.martinharsberger.com/supply. Each interview will take about 30 minutes. Thanks for listening. Hi, it's Martin Harsberger. Welcome to this episode of Manufacturing and Supply Chain CEOs. I guest today is Michael Stolarchek. Of Cakebox Technologies, excuse me, Cakebox Technologies. Senior Vice president? Malcolm Michael.
1: Thanks, thanks very much, Martin. I appreciate it. And uh, you know, I'm sorry to throw you uh, such a, a tough last name here at the end of the week, but uh, you did did very well there with the uh, pronunciation.
0: Well, in Mississippi, Harshberger is a tough name down here.
1: So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can. You can
0: relate. Yeah, yeah. They, they just freeze when they see it. I'm thinking, Jesus, sound it out.
1: Tell us a little bit about Cakebox Technology. What what, uh, what is it? So uh, so Cakebox uh, Technologies has been around. Um, we actually had our 10 year anniversary here in June. Um, we we are owned and uh and led by a gentleman by the name of Dane Isold, who is a former naval commander, a uh, uh, navy guy. Uh, he started the company 10 years ago, and and what we produce and build um, are. Bespoke and engineered uh, container uh, solutions. So um, we make, you know, regular 20s and 40s and 45s and 53s, um, but with a twist. Uh, we have a deck and lid uh, combination. So we have a reinforced deck, and instead of just having cargo doors at the end, uh, the whole lid can come off uh, and be uh, and be operated by whatever material handling equipment you have, whether it's a forklift, a Kalmar. Uh, or RTG or you know a, a reach stacker. Um, and, and what it does is it provides three hundred and sixty degree access to uh, the cargo. So you don't have to use a lot of dunnage. You don't have to use a lot of wood, a lot of nails, um, and spend a lot of time, you know trying to thread the needle for your payload to go through the cargo doors and then s- stick somebody in there to try to uh, block and brace and lash the thing. So, with our uh, taking the top off the, the deck and lid, you know provides you the ability just to use uh, uh, D-rings, lashing rings, uh, or interface uh, locations uh, to use straps. And it actually um, is much more secure. It's much more safe. It's quicker to load and unload. And um, if you use the doorless option that we have, um, the Department of Homeland Security has uh, qualified our equipment, and it's the only equipment out there in the traditional supply chain uh, for ocean carriers and motorism, that is, uh quite, that uh, is much more secure. So uh, you don't have to really worry about uh, folks getting to it uh, unless they have a blowtorch or unless they have handling equipment and can break four seals uh, versus just the one that, that may be on the end of the uh, the door of the traditional container.
0: That's all. so if i'm visualizing this i'm trying to help uh, folks in the audience as well as me who don't know what you're talking about exactly you got a flat platform you can load it just like you would anything else' and set to pop right on top of it and seal it that's that's, that's exactly platform. yeah great that's,
1: that's exactly awesome. it so you can either drive the payload payload in uh you know if it's uh you know jcp or cat or you know some of the Kubota, you can drive it in and lash it uh a lot of our customers uh which uh you know we have a customer list that kind of starts off with uh, boeing and lockheed martin and general dynamics and the dla and the Dod um, you could put it on a, a skid or a fixture and and drop it down um, as opposed to trying to you know thread the needle going through the doors um, yeah, awesome. so the so the efficiency and then also the deployment is is quicker and if you're moving rolling stock or if you're let's say deploying uh the payload in uh, less than um, you know, ideal uh, locations, whether it be in the desert or, uh, you know, in the jungle or something like that, the seals uh, and the lack of uh, doors, you know, keep keep the, the, the product uh, much more safe inside and maybe have to do less M&R to get the thing rolling once once you want to deploy it.
0: So as far as loading and unloading up the container, you do it the same way. You just
1: uh... – Absolutely. So the, you know, the containers, uh, no matter what the size, uh, you know, we have the uh, the twist locks and in, in the interfaces okay. that the traditional containers have on the cor- on the cor- corner posts.
0: Okay, that's awesome.
1: that's interesting. That's uh. So so
0: do you manufacture that stuff as as well? Uh, custom design manufactured.
1: So we have uh, two major uh, production uh, partners that manufacture for us. Um, the largest one is CIMC, which is multiple sites in China. They're the largest container manufacturer in the world. Make all of the uh, uh, pretty much all of the containers for the major uh, ocean carriers from Maersk and, and and Costco and Evergreen and CMA, CGM and the like. Um, and they make uh, ISO and CSC certified equipment for us. And then if there are requirements like TAA uh, or American-made uh, requirements um you know, for the materials, we have a partner in South Korea called Future Box that also makes equipment for us. Um, we do some some work in the United States and we do have partners that could if it has to be manufactured um, in the United States of America, we do have partners, but um, th- they're traditionally not not uh, at a price point that that makes sense for for most of our uh, partners.
0: Got it. OK. Well, who do you sell this to? Uh,
1: so uh, our our largest customers uh, are, are are Boeing, Lockheed Martin, uh, General Dynamics. We have a huge relationship now with a company called Vestas, and that's V E S T A S. They are a Danish company that is uh, heavy into wind power generation, and we actually make. Um, Quite a few platforms uh, to ship their uh, generators and their blades and some of their ancillary parts uh, for uh, their big wind turbines. So they're actually now, uh, just this year, became uh, our largest customer. And uh, Vestas is here in the United States, but their corporate HQ is over in Denmark.
0: I did some work with a client a few years ago with cold chain logistics and special packaging, and one of the concerns they had, and I'm just trying to think, it, think of who was getting the Packaging back, you know, it was expensive. It went out one way and getting it back. How do your customers uh, track it? How do they get this? How do they? How do they keep their stock rolling?
1: Well, the uh, for for most of the, the, the time, Martin, um, our our uh, our customers these are these are uh, user owned uh, equipment. So when we make a um, a particular uh, container, uh, shipping container for for a Boeing or for a Lockheed Martin uh it's it's a uh, shipperone so they uh, they move it uh to and from destination uh, you know via the ocean carrier intermodal rail um and they may put some of their 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 blocking and bracing and some of their uh, lashing equipment in the container on the way back but uh, traditionally they're uh they're uh, in a closed loop so uh we do we have not to date we would love to be able to sell uh, you know, a fleet of our, of our boxes to, uh, to a mersk or, you know, or to a trailer bridge or, you know, to a tote. Uh, but, uh, we have not been successful in doing that yet to integrate them into their full fleet.
0: And that was exactly what these guys were doing. They were pretty much leasing at least. Um,
1: so how'd you get started with doing what you're doing today? Well, so, you know, I've, I've been in the transportation and logistics world pretty much my whole career. Um, uh, I started with uh, the AP Moore Immersed Group in 1988 uh, in New York City when they were in the, uh, the trade center before they moved out their HQ to uh, Madison, New Jersey. So I was with MERS for 17 years, um, worked for the United States in multiple roles, uh, started out in sales in New York City and um, also ran um, some of their offices up in, in New England and also in the Carolinas. I was very fortunate to be their international sales manager in Hong Kong for a couple of years in the early 90s, um, 92 to almost 95. Um, and then I also ran all of Mr. Mueller's business activities in, in Central Europe, uh, in the Czech Republic. I lived in Prague for five years, uh, hand, handling uh, uh, operations in, in the Czech Republic and, and Slovakia, and then also uh, having my hand in you know, Austria and Hungary and Slovenia and, and Croatia and Southern Poland as well. Um, and then, in, in uh, 2005, I, I, I moved over to uh, DHL and worked for them for, for four years. Uh, first with XL Logistics in, in the supply chain and logistics world, um, kind of building up um, uh, automated fulfillment centers and, and flow centers for uh, a variety of, uh, of clients on the retail and consumer uh, product side. And then kind of from there, worked as a, I, I've been a, CEO of a port authority. I've been a CEO of a barge company out of Memphis, Tennessee, uh, at STC Towing. Uh, uh, also, uh, you know, ran uh, uh, a small um, uh, firm called uh, Contain Logistics out of the Carolinas, where we did uh, kind of packaging and, and, and design solutions for crating and also had a big uh, site in, in Charleston for in this free trade zone. Um, and then... Uh, for Microsoft for a couple of years over Hanoi, uh, Vietnam, before I came back to the United States uh, uh, about five years ago to move here to Atlanta, and I've been with uh, Cake, Cakebox now for a little over a year. Yeah,
0: it's interesting. you were in Memphis. That's how I, I came to Memphis from Minneapolis to start my own third-party logistics company. So cool. Where we came from. That's kind of we kind of tracked each other. I even had a, a facility in Frankfurt for, for ten years. So <laughs> wow, that, that's
1: awesome. Each
0: other around a little bit. Yeah, it's interesting. Well I know we you might different-
1: have to we uh, might have to share some stories uh off the podcast. Yeah, for
0: sure. <laughs> uh I know you're differentiating your, your patented product, obviously. Uh where, you, we mentioned COVID before the, uh, the podcast started. Uh where are you currently with your business with the with the supply chain and the, you know, there's a, supposedly a lot of containers, nobody knows where they are, nothing's
1: moving. What do you see happening in the next Eight to 12 months. Well, um, I would love to say it's going to get better, but um, really from, from my perspective, uh, you know, I, I don't see things kind of getting back to normal until maybe uh, if we're lucky, the holiday season in 2022. So so next wow. year. Um, I, I'm trying to figure out, are, you know, are these containers kind of hiding in plain sight or are some of the major players, you know, hoarding them Some there's just a complete imbalance. I mean, I was just in, in Savannah two weeks ago and uh, a couple of the off docks that traditionally would have, um, uh, you know, huge stocks of, uh, of empty equipment and chassis as well, totally empty. And basically they're, they're retrofitting some of their acreage. Uh, you know, they're, they're putting up temporary fencing and a temporary, uh, inbound outbound gate and using it for, um, uh, wheeled uh, full uh, equipment coming inbound. That's it, and mm. it's uh, it's really, really, uh, to in my mind, strange how COVID, how the the, the production stoppage, and, and also all of these ships being laid up, um, you know, last year has just created this huge imbalance that to me doesn't really have a rhyme or reason. You know, you would think that you could figure out on one side of the barbell. Is going to be heavier than the other one, but yeah. um, they've just seemed to disappeared off the off the face of the earth, and um, I, I just really don't see any any stability coming back, especially um, in the Trans-Pacific Trade, in, until late next year. And he's uh, loaded that way too in the Trans-Pacific Trade, right? I mean, sure. I
0: manufacturers uh, for the last thirty years, and and what I'm seeing is smaller guys. Are struggling trying to get any kind of material at all. Uh, you know, the bigger, big companies that can buy container loads and that kind of thing are, are, are hoarding material and the smaller yep. is just scrambling for it.
1: Um, well, I, I totally, totally agree with you, your perspective on that. And, um, you know, that's one of the things that we've been fortunate about at Cakebox is, you know, with our relationship with CIMC and, and, and with our relationship with. know, future box, I mean, we don't build, you know, a thousand containers at a time, you know, a large order for us is, you know, eight to 10 containers, but we haven't seen, uh, you know, we've seen some material uh, costs increases and the like, but we haven't, we haven't been pushed to the side uh, because we have a good relationship because, you know, some of our stuff is very unique and it, and it adds to the, um, you know, it adds to the book of business that some of these large uh, container manufacturers can lean on saying, Hey, you know, where are, we we are future thinking. We are creative. We we have other alternatives than just you know turning out the traditional twenty and forty and forty five. So you know we've been fortunate, but you know the supply chain has has lengthened. Um, you know traditionally we would say if you're going to make something engineered and bespoke, it's going to take ninety to one hundred and twenty days to to deliver that out uh, to the United States or to to Europe. And you know we've had to push that out to one hundred and twenty to one hundred and fifty days because even for um, empty equipment. That would be positioned on a you know easily put on a uh, ocean uh, a big ocean carrier's uh, you know deck. Even that empty those empty equipment slots are are not guaranteed anymore. Um, it's just a, a big time challenge. Lots lots of uh, lots of stalled production, lots of stalled uh, capacity, and you know still a lot of these these ships being um, moored outside of the uh, outside of the ports, waiting for for a slot to get in to unload. Yeah,
0: part of I think it. And I'm guessing it's labor. You know, everybody's got labor issues, and I don't know if that's, that's impacting you or not. You just made a very uh, interesting point, though. Uh, if, if if the supply chain is backed up and they're trying to ship material, I could see where the empties are not going to get on the carriers, which kind of leads to your where happened to the empties, right? Yep. Mean, you've
1: got to be somewhere, right? I, I hadn't thought of that, but you're right. Shipping empties would be a premium space. Uh, abs- absolutely, and you know traditionally uh, we we seem to have some um, you, you know some challenges anyway about uh, about trying to to offload you know the the exports here in the United States and and, and sending things back to China and being able to have a uh, a secure supply chain and loop it's always been tough to to reposition those empties um, but. but Right now, it seems like there's no even there's not even any empties to reposition, which I find hard to believe.
0: Yeah, they got to be somewhere. Uh, well, you know, the next question I have, and obviously nobody knows, is, is where do you think the industry is going? I mean, with with the outsourcing to China and the ch- supply chain lengthening, and the situation between politically between China and the U.S., what do we look for in the next two years? We're going to yeah. back. Sure, We've already tried that. I mean, what, what's going to happen?
1: I, you know, I I see uh, some great uh, pressure being put on the, uh, you know, kind of the geopolitical uh, situation uh, between the United States and, and China, and it's uh it's very difficult to, you know, kind of gauge if that's going to you know really dip down into the um, the relationship business wise uh, and capitalism uh, between the 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 two countries, but uh, I, I think if you're if if you're developing your business continuity plans. And if you're looking at, um, you know, your supply chain, you have to find other, other alternatives, even at a, a much higher price point and start manufacturing and developing some, some, um, uh, some platforms and, and, and some products, you know, in our own backyard, we need to start outsourcing, you know, into some of the areas that have been, uh, hurt by, uh, you know, globalization, you know, go back and, and, um, uh, and, and manufacture some things in, in, in Michigan and in Mississippi and Alabama and, and Ohio and West Virginia and places like that and Pennsylvania that have, that have rusted out. I think we're going to need to, you know, kind of brush off that rust and see if we can uh, build some things here in the States again.
0: That's exactly what we're doing this podcast. I mean, my background is logistics and manufacturing like everybody else's, I guess, we've talked to. But I'm trying to create a platform for manufacturers to begin to collaborate a little bit try To figure out, we still got the government, we're, you know, we've got our own problems internally with the government with, with regulation, right. yep and all the stuff that's going on. But uh, it just seems like uh, it's a no brainer that we have to start pulling some of that stuff back in, at least as an emergency stopgap. But we don't have anything right now. I just read yesterday about rare earth, we haven't mined any rare earth in the U.S.
1: in but several years. Yep, yep. I, I, I read the same article, on, and I think you know. One of the things that we're doing as as Cakebox is we're really looking at, you know, finding uh, some some partners here in the United States to try to really develop uh, uh, a production uh, alternative. And um, you know, some of them they they do aspects of containers or they do aspects of metalwork and things like that. They just have to be given the opportunity to try to price price into, you know, building some of these. Um, some of these solutions and, and the good news and the flip side is, is, you know, I said, like, like I said, we don't, we don't put in an order of a thousand, we put in an order of eight or 10 where some of the smaller manufacturing facilities and some of the, uh, fabrication facilities, you know, could, could ingest that and give it a try. And, uh, you know, we're going to be given some opportunities some, to some of, uh, our U S based partners to try to help us out, uh, to develop some of these uh, container solutions here in the United States.
0: Well, that this to the next question. How do they get in touch with you if they're interested in something like that?
1: Well, I, you know, I, I'm pretty easy. You know, uh, my, uh, my, my last name's not associated with my Cakebox uh, email. So it's Michael at uh, Cakebox, and that's with uh, two X's dash technologies.com. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn as, as well. Uh, happy to connect with people and, and kick around some ideas. Uh, you know, we love the opportunity to, investigate things and, and learn and, and and try to come up with uh, with alternatives and, and solutions to, uh, you know, these supply chain uh, complexity and uh, supply chain challenges. And uh, love to have that discussion. So again, Michael at technology, uh, Cakebox-Technologies.com.
0: Great. Anything you want to add?
1: Well, you know, Martin, the, the one thing I want to add is a thank you uh, to you. Um, I think it's great that you know, you're investing the time, your personal uh, focus and time in in building up these conversations and, and having this dialogue, and sharing it. Um, we all can learn from it. Uh, you know, I think what I love the most about our industry is that it's full of people that aren't satisfied with the, the status quo. They 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 want to educate themselves. They want to share. They want to learn new things. They want to try new things. And um, sure. You know, ocean transportation and and trucking and 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 rail service, yeah, that's kind of old-fashioned. But in this day and age, you can find a lot of people that want to try to um, fix a challenge, try to to take something on and, and deve- develop a new solution to to help people. And and I'm very thankful that there are people like yourself out there that give people like me a chance to, you know, kick around some ideas and and have a conversation. I'm very I'm very appreciative.
0: I appreciate that. I do. Um, uh, I'm uh, trying, like I said, trying to bring the focus back to the US manufacturing for a long time, you know, for our schools, uh, engineering graduates, our STEM graduates. I mean, we've got it. We've got to change it. You know, the way we change it is just doing what we're doing. Just talk about it. right?
1: Yeah. And, and one step at a time, right. Have, have get a couple of small victories and um, you know, it's not going to be a, a huge shift immediately, but we have to, you know, create some momentum and, and stem the tide and, and, and provide some opportunities for us to, to be successful. And I think, you know, having having a discussion like this is a step in the right direction. So, thanks very much for the, uh, the opportunity to uh, kick around some ideas with you. Great having it. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Have a great day. To Cheers. Cheers.
0: Thanks for listening to Manufacturing and Supply Chain CEOs If you're a successful CEO In manufacturing or supply chain and would like to be part of the program Please visit www.martinharsburger.com/slash-apply. If you got some value Out of the interview Please share it on social media We'd really appreciate it Also if you know someone That would make a great guest Tag them and let them know About the show Again, our mission is to focus on manufacturing and supply chain CEOs. We'd like to share your story and provide industry trends and updates that would interest our listeners. We're regularly putting out new episodes and content. Make sure you don't miss an episode. Go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs-up ratings and interviews go a long way in promoting the show. You can connect with me on social media. I'm on LinkedIn at uh, Martin Harsberger uh, through my website, www.martinharsberger.com. Again, we appreciate it. Thanks for listening.